Today is February 11th, 2019. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler, Executive Director of the MyExcel Statewide Field Team, and this is Blueprint Symposium. Welcome to our third episode as we continue our everyday conversations about systemic reconfiguration with you, our colleagues in the Blueprint Network. I hope you'll share these new resources with anyone in your district who can benefit from this ongoing dialogue. Our goal is simply to help you live and breathe this work so that you in turn will realize your goal of dramatic improvement in student, teacher, and leader performance in a short amount of time. On tap for today's episode of Blueprint Symposium, in diving deeper, we'll explore the purpose and best practices for both the Blueprint Installation Timeline Tool and the Building Performance Tool as foundational tools for the performance management driver system. In becoming a network of disruptors, we'll talk about how to use performance management to plan, execute, and monitor our disruption. And finally, I'll be joined by this week's special guest, Jamie McCall, Associate Superintendent of the Traverse City Area Public Schools, where we'll talk about that district's dramatic approach to maximizing adult capacity for the work of systemic reconfiguration. Are you ready? Let's go. In today's Diving Deeper segment, we'll explore the purpose and best practices for both the Blueprint Installation Timeline Tool, or the BIT, and the Building Performance Tool, or the BPT, as foundational tools for the performance management driver system. Before we get to the heart of the performance management driver system and its two tools, let's step back for just a minute and think about what the purpose for performance management is. We want to know to what degree at the district level, we are reconfiguring our district. Are we on track? Are we meeting our quality benchmarks? Are we seeing significant impact in the work that we're doing? And at the building level, what's the impact of that work on both student, teacher, and leader performance? So the real goal of performance management, the performance management driver system is really to progress monitor and think about where we are, where we wanna be, what we're doing that's getting us there, and what additional supports and next steps we need in the event that what we're doing is not really on track for where we wanna be. But in order to do performance management well, we've really gotta do some other things first, and that's to establish a timeline. If one of the questions for the Blueprint Installation Timeline Tool is, are we on track, are we on our, our schedule, then we gotta make sure we put a schedule in place before we get to the performance management driver system. We've given you several different tools that you can use to do that. First and foremost is the installation timeline tool overall, which lists the levels of installation, the, the blueprint components that get installed at each level, and a recommendation for the length of time that a district might or should spend at a particular level of installation. There's also then from there, you turn that document into a district installation timeline. So if a district is beginning this work in the fall of 2008, when is it that they hope to be fully installed? When do we get to the spire level of installation? How much time do we wanna spend at the installation by level, meaning mechanical, lobby, mezzanine, tenant, and residential? That overarching installation timeline tool is gonna be very useful and making sure that our major milestone benchmarks are met. 
We also have a detailed timeline tool, which is a month to month, a year to year uh, grid, Excel spreadsheet grid that allows you to plug in very specific action items uh, on a, a, a visual. But I think the one that's also pretty important for the performance management driver system is a detailed timeline by level of installation. And we find that tool in both the strategic planning tool or the continuous improvement tool. And what that does is that allows you to break down the very specific components uh, that are installed by level of installation so that you can determine what your timeline is, what actions need to be taken care of, who's going to be responsible for those actions, how do you know when those actions have been accomplished, how do you measure the quality of that work, etc. And so if you take that detailed timeline by level of installation and really think through how you're going to go about each level of installation. It really makes installation easier, but it also makes measuring that installation using the Blueprint Installation Timeline tool far more effective. One of the things that we see is that a lot of districts don't have very specific timelines for action. And I think that results in districts perhaps remaining in a level of installation far longer than what they had anticipated. We, of course, have recommendations for timelines, but at the end of the day, it's the district, especially the superintendent, who determines the timeline for installation for a particular district. Knowing that those timelines have been established, the Blueprint Installation Timeline Tool really helps you keep track of many, many moving parts so that we can monitor whether or not we've, uh, something has fallen behind schedule or if something has failed to meet our quality standard that we are shooting for. Let's take a minute now and think about the Blueprint Installation Timeline Tool. This tool, otherwise known as the BIT, is broken down by level of installation. And so a district uses the BIT tool only for the current level of installation. So for example, if you start out the school year in the lobby level of installation, then you disregard the mechanical level because it's gonna pull some of those events forward into the lobby level. You use the lobby level section of the BIT tool until you complete the lobby level, and then you move on to the mezzanine level. So you're really only looking at one level of the bit at any one time. The bit asks two specific questions. To what degree are we on our timeline? And to what level of quality are we doing the work? And it creates, in our automated tool, it creates a really nice visual for a district to cast a nice look over a particular level of installation to see where you might need additional uh, time energy, where you've fallen behind your schedule, where you're ahead of schedule, what's fully installed, what's not fully installed, what's meeting the level of quality that you had anticipated and what isn't. But there's also a, a, another significant part of the bit, which is a, a, a part of a planning uh, mode in which it says, so if you say you're on track, you're on your timeline, and your, your quality level is good, how do you know that? And some districts you know, do that and complete that tool anecdotally. Well, we know because we're monitoring this in whatever way you are, 
But keep in mind also that you have the installation assessment suite of tools for every component of the blueprint. And so our future task is to fully automate all of those suites of tools so that you'll be able to connect those easily to the blueprint installation timeline tool. So um, in the interim, it asks you to think about why do you say we are on track? Why do you say that we are at the high high level, the excellent quality level? How do you how do you know that? What evidence do you have that would tell you that? What are your next steps that you need to take in order to sustain that, to improve that, to move it where you need to go? So really, this is an opportunity on a monthly basis for the district and the district network, who's the one that completes this tool, to really step back and think about how we process the work that we're doing and, and how we keep an aerial view with some details about the level of quality and the time that we are, are shooting for. This is a really important tool and a really important part of the, of, the, of the driver system that allows districts to really think about their timeline, their level of engagement in the work, the ability to get systems and parts of systems installed, the degree to which those systems are installed at a high level of quality, and to really think about critically what are those next steps. We've seen that districts who take uh, ownership for this level of work using the BIT really are able to drive installation more efficiently, uh, more rapidly, and with greater impact. We this year launched the automated blueprint installation timeline tool. And I wanna just remind you of a couple of things around um, that tool. We have gone through extensive preparation to make sure that our level of security is top notch. This data that you submit in the bit or in the blueprint building performance tool or even in high quality instruction is completely secure. That is your data. We don't share that with anyone else. And so we strongly encourage you to take advantage of this automated tool to really help you measure your progress and the work that you're doing along the way. We certainly have the uh, Google spreadsheets that are also available to you should uh, the automated tool for whatever reason uh, not be something that you aspire to. And at the end of the day, I think it's really important to make sure that the district network owns the work of blueprint installation and i think what better way to build ownership for this work than to monitor your progress uh, on a routine basis and so i strongly strongly encourage districts from the very beginning of installation once they put a district network in place to really begin the process of utilizing the blueprint installation timeline tool to help you manage and think through those varying levels of installation. When you get to the lobby level, however, that's when we think about completing the rest of the build of the performance management driver system, and that is using the building performance tool or the BPT. Again, this is now the BPT focuses us at the building level. So if you have 10 buildings, you have 10 versions of the BPT. This is how building principles are able to cast a, a glance over the entire building, all of the conditions, 
across the entire building from an aerial view and then allowing them to drill down when they need to drill down as they think as they identify areas that are of concern. The building performance tool asks buildings to identify performance goals which are often linked to the state assessment um, tool but can also include other performance goals. We track I'm sorry, non-instructional indicators, behavior, um, mobility, attendance, um, all of those non-instructional indicators, both for adults and for students that allow us to get a big picture, a good picture of what's happening in the building from a non-instructional perspective. We then have a series of, of, of tools to help you create and in the, the instructional indicators and to measure student learning along the way. These are often, uh, should be tied to uh, curricular standards and assessments that are available. Many districts use um, Illuminate to capture this data and Illuminate has some visualizations that can be used. Um, you can either pull those visualizations and pull that data into our automated tool or you can use the visualizations that are in Illuminate or one of the other data warehouses for you to track very specifically um, student progress uh, in the areas of ELA, math, science, social studies uh, as we move forward. We also look at uh, various indicators for student support. and the early stages, we limit that to our early warnings like attendance and behavior as a, as a red flag or warning as we identify particular needs. When a district gets to the mezzanine level of installation there, they become more sophisticated in identifying the social, emotional, health, and nutritional needs of students. And therein lies an additional tool that helps you record that data and from an aerial view, looking at the needs of students from both then an academic and non-academic. Um, viewpoint. The building performance tool tracks high quality instruction data as well as arenas of action. So what this really does is allow building principals and building networks and certainly the central office administrators who support them the ability to cast a wide net over the conditions in their building to think about those things and to look at where we might have areas of concern to be able to allow us to drill down more deeply, to think about what we do to respond to those identified areas of concern. In no way do, is it possible to talk about all of the data that is collected in the building performance tool. So I want us to really think about what's really important with the building performance tool. It's not just that you collect the data. The data is important, but the data tells us a picture of what's happening. And so what's really important beyond the data collection, which is in some instances more complicated enough to do, but what's really important is how a building leader or how the building leader and the building network examines that data on a monthly basis to determine areas of need and areas where the building is doing to derive those results really is something that needs to be sustained because we're seeing you know great results so if the conversations that you have using the building performance tool i think is the critical piece 
And that's why it happens at the, yeah, the lobby level of installation. So we have other components like the curriculum and assessment piece that is in, in place to some degree here. We have building networks in place here. And so this is really, again, an opportunity to cast a wide net over the conditions in the building for principals to see what's happening from various points of view to determine very specific areas of need. And that's what they talk about with both their building networks as well as the performance management driver system conversations that happen at the district level. Because what you want to, what you really want to identify here is what are the significant needs of the building at any given point? What do we need from central office? What do we need from our building networks? What do I need to do as a building leader in order to move that building forward so that we can see data change over time? Now I want you to think about the difference between all of the data that we collect in a building, in a building performance tool and um, grade level data classroom level data, absolutely 100% important to the work. But let's think about what happens if principals and building networks only focus on classroom level data. Let's just say we only look at ELA second grade in a particular month, or we only look at ELA second grade and math third grade. Those are great things to drill down to. Those are great conversations to have with teachers at the teacher collaborative routine level. But what happens if we look in too great a detail? Well, we don't have a really good idea then of what's happening at the building as a whole. The building performance tool is really designed to help principals and building networks and central office administrators who support them to get a really good understanding of what's happening in a multitude of areas from a wide lens of varying points of view at a building level. Principals should be able to drill down to determine what they need, what they want to talk about with central office administrators, what they want to talk about with building networks, what they want to talk about with teachers and teacher collaborative routines. It is this wide net that we look at in our building on a month-to-month -month basis, which helps us navigate the ship closer and closer to the finish line. If we become too focused on looking only at classroom-specific data, then we miss the big picture and we miss seeing where all of our strengths and weaknesses are. And in many cases, then, we navigate incorrectly. From a district level then, obviously, the district network gets the data from both a building installation timeline tool, how are we doing in terms of installing the components of the blueprint, to what degree of quality, how can we look at each of our components uh, using our assessment suite of tools to really determine how well they are installed, how close we are to our timeline, what are the impacts of all of that work on our buildings using the building performance tools? And so district networks and superintendents really are able to look, again, as broadly, we look at all of our building level performance as well as our own at the district. And then what's happened in some districts is that 
superintendents pull relevant data out to be able to use that data to report progress to boards of education who have chosen the blueprint as their strategic vision and as their strategic plan. So a lot of the data collection and analysis and next steps are determined and that can then be summarized and reported to boards of education on a monthly basis as part of the superintendent's report, certainly the, the, to focus the conversation on systemic reconfiguration. These tools can be used at all levels of the organization so that the entire organization from board of education down to classroom teachers can focus all of their energy and attention on teaching and learning. In today's Becoming a Network of Disruptors, we'll talk about how to use the performance management driver system to plan, execute, and monitor the disruption. Here's the easy answer. The performance management driver is nothing but a disruption. There are eight ways that the performance management driver disrupts the educational landscape in the district. Let's start with number one, the data collection. I think probably for the first time, building leaders are asked to collect data in a multitude of areas from non-instructional indicators like behavior and attendance, teacher attendance, mobility, to the way that students are performing in instructional ways, to non-academic needs, to high quality instruction, to arenas of action. It, in short, buildings are asked to collect data on so many different levels so that they can get a really good handle on what the current conditions are in a particular building. And I think that that alone is a disruption. I think we've seen that as building leaders, we look at one or two pieces of data but collecting data in such a robust way on a monthly basis to see what's happening from as many different lenses as possible, I think is incredibly disruptive to the way that we have done business before. Two, the data systems themselves. Uh, we have seen building leaders struggle with understanding where their data is, how to extract the data from particular warehouses and data systems, to be able to visualize the data, to be able to look at all of those indicators uh, in one or two different platforms so that we can go quickly from area to area and see, again, to what extent we see the status of the building. And I think utilizing those district systems identifying where we have gaps in those systems and where it's difficult to either collect, extract, or visualize the data is also disrupting. Three, there's no easy way to say it, but the performance management driver system really literally rips the band-aids off at the district and building level and exposes us all to gaps in our systems. Uh, I, I think uh, one of the, the best examples of that early on is when districts recognize that they may not have any way to know on a monthly basis 
how students are doing progress-wise in ELA, math, science, and social studies. I mean, it's one thing to have NWEA or Ames Web Data, which we can look at two to three times a year, sometimes four times a year, but to know to what degree our students are on track academically, non-academically, in terms of some of our other non-instructional indicators on a monthly basis, uh, to be able to do that and to be able to do that well really shows us uh, where the gaps are in our systems. And I think that alone in itself is also disrupting uh, to the status quo. Four, performance management requires that we progress monitor on a monthly basis. Uh, so gone are the days where we look at data several times a year, gone are the days when we look at certain aspects, certain indicators, um, when we have data conversations, when we have data meetings, when we have grade level meetings. The performance management driver really focuses and assists districts and district leaders and building leaders in really looking at data organically not just monthly, but on a, on a routine, everyday basis. Because yeah, we want to establish plans and we want to look at it formally on a monthly basis, but we also want to know to what extent our efforts are paying off. And so we see that progress monitoring formally on monthly basis, you know, and informally, organically every day really becomes the norm. And I think operating as a district administrator or a building administrator where constant looking at data and constant progress monitoring is the norm is also um, disruptive. Five, having these performance management conversations with our building network on a monthly basis is disrupting. Again, teachers are used to looking at grade level data. They're used to looking at their data. They're used to looking at some of the, of the, of the state assessment data on a, on a regular basis. They're not necessarily have we engaged building leaders, principals and other leaders in, in the building and looking at data on a monthly basis and figuring out what all of the data tells us as we, if we look at it as a whole and thinking about what our strategic steps are that we're gonna take to impact that data. So I think those conversations alone uh, with the building network is disruptive. And then six, tying to that, having a continuous action plan for the work, knowing that we're going to be continuously looking at where we are as a building, casting a wide net of data sources so that we can see to what extent we're doing, the work that we're doing is getting the results that we want, and having strategic steps, strategic action that we're going to take on a daily basis is disruptive to the way that we have done business before. Tying that number seven to the conversations that we have with district leaders, asking for and expecting real-time, real support. When we think about performance management, this isn't about just collecting the data. It's about understanding what the data tells us, establishing a strategic action plan. And, and by action plan, I'm not necessarily talking about very formal uh, strategic plans here. I'm talking about organic 
next steps that we're going to take to impact the data within our building, the ability to have those conversations with district leaders, and to be able to identify what we need for real-time, real support, and to be able to expect that our district leaders are going to partner with us to get us that real-time, real support is disruptive. And finally, number eight, from the district level, having both BIT tools, the building, the blueprint installation timeline tool, and the building performance tool, having that data allows us to steer the ship from the district level, knowing that we at the district level need to make strategic action steps, just like we expect building leaders to do uh, within their own building, is disruptive in itself. So when you think about performance management, as a disruptor, I think every aspect of the process is a disruption from data collection through the data systems, exposing the gaps in our systems, the idea of progress monitoring monthly, having those conversations with building network members, establishing a continuous action plan, having those conversations with our partners at the district level and asking for, expecting and getting real-time real support and having a district who knows what's happening at the building level so well that they can steer the ship from the district level, therein lies the way that we're gonna disrupt the status quo. It's time for this week's special guest spotlight, Jamie McCall, Associate Superintendent for the Traverse City Area Public Schools, joins me this week. And we're going to talk about that district's approach to maximizing adult capacity for the work of systemic reconfiguration. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for joining me today in Blueprint Symposium. Thank you for having me. I am really excited by what you have done um you tcaps is an early adopter it means you've been the district has been involved in this work for several years now and yet you have taken a, um an approach that i'm hoping other people will will follow suit with and that is how you are increasing adult capacity for the work so we'll get to the details in a minute but why do you think that's so important why is building adult capacity something really important for you as a leader so Grant, when I take a look at our building leaders, um, our principals, uh, most people in education, I believe that people want to do well. They just have to know what you want them to do in order to um, reach full scale. And so when I was um, working with our building principals, it became quite obvious that we really didn't understand the work. And so understanding became the first step in making sure that we are able to maximize the learning for all of our children. You know, the blueprint is often described as is complicated. You know, there's a, it's a very complicated system of systems. So it's not surprising that people, that there would be gaps of knowledge between what it is we need them to know and what it is that they know. And that's certainly not poking fun at any at any leader, right? Because we are asking them to do things that they've never done before. Is that correct? That is correct. And I would say that we have 31 principals in Traverse City. Um, and I would tell you that we've had great conversations around not understanding exactly what it was we, we needed to know. And in order to be a leader, we have to know where we're leading. 
So taking a step back, doing some recalibration and really working to make sure that all of our leaders have good understanding of what we expect of them um, has been key in actually taking a step back has moved us forward. Absolutely. You know, two weeks ago in the symposium, we talked about this model of learn and then install and then calibrate and then sustain. And you seem to be taking that almost verbatim mm -hmm. with your approach. Can you talk about what you're doing uh, in TCAPS right now to build the capacity of your principles to lead this work? So we have several things that, that are going on. We are having conversations on a regular basis. We have a number of different articles that go out to our principles to help build capacity. The thing that I would tell you is a game changer um, would be the Diving Deeper series. And what we've done is we've asked each of our principals to engage in the Diving Deeper series. We set timelines and expectations. We had um, a professional development on Martin Luther King Day where each of our principals came in and we knew that they had all completed the series one, Diving Deeper One. And because they had that background knowledge, the conversation was much richer. They understood the work. And it really was quite exciting to know that now we're all engaged in Diving Deeper Two. Some people have already finished. Um, and our full expectation is that they will all be Blueprint Technical Certified by June. And many of them are going to be reaching that um, probably within the next week. So that's an interesting milestone because not only are you asking them to complete the Diving Deeper series, but you're actually asking them to sit for the assessment as well and to demonstrate their theoretical understanding of the blueprint. That is correct. That is the first district, TCAPS will be the first district to have every single administrator on the instructional side of the house theoretically certified in the blueprint. Um, why is that so important to you? It's important to me because I think as, a, as an instructional leader for TCAPS, I want to make sure that all of our instructional leaders have the tools they need to lead the work. Um, and I would say that it's important even on the other side of the house as well, not just the instructional side, but we have um, a number of non-affiliated administrators that are also doing this work with us, along with some of our um, teaching staff and making sure the more that we can understand the work, the more momentum we'll get behind it and the faster we'll be able to install to full scale. And so you have plans not only for your administrators, but you have plans for growing capacity of your teachers, Absolutely. of new employees that will come into the district mm -hmm. as the positions open up, as well as, um, you know, I know that we have some, some non-affiliated staff who are also learning about this blueprint. So do you expect that the, when you have that level of understanding throughout the organization, that that's going to make for a uh, more efficient, more impactful installation? Absolutely. One of the things that I always look at is when you have an organization, if you have a common focus, you have common goals, you will get the momentum you need to change the world. That's what we're gonna do in Traverse City. We have a common focus, we have common goals, we have a common language around those goals, and we are going to make a difference for children in Traverse City. And your principles, because you know, I have the pleasure of working with you in your district, your principles seemed um, not only eager to do the work, but they seemed enthused 
about the fact that you were investing in their learning and in the, the, the increase of their knowledge. Is that fair to say? Grant, I think they're very excited. And I think anytime you're in education, an investment in education is almost like saying that you care about someone. Um, when we think about a gift that we give to someone, there is no greater gift than to educate them. And that's what we're doing. I think it's an exciting plan. I mean, it's, it's a plan that I have been talking about since you established that plan. Um, thank you for joining me today on Blueprint Symposium. And I hope that the 99 other districts in our Blueprint Network completely follow suit. Any last minute thoughts you wanna share with, with other leaders from other districts? I think the one thing that I wanna make sure to say is that having the Swift Online tools and the, um, the support that we get from MyExcel, and Grant happens to be the facilitator for us in Traverse City, has made such a difference for our district. Um, he's worked hand in hand with our board. Our board is on board and um, we're just seeing a momentum that we haven't seen in the past and thrilled about it. Well, and I'm thrilled about the great work. So thank you so much for joining me on Blueprint Symposium today. And that wraps up episode three of Blueprint Symposium. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're finding these new tools to be useful in your ongoing efforts. Blueprint Symposium is now available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now it's easier than ever to find and listen. Just add it to your library and you'll never miss another episode. Blueprint Symposium comes to you again on February 25th. In the meantime, please follow me on Twitter at Grant A. Chandler or the statewide field team at Blueprint underscore Swift. Let's continue our conversations on Twitter using the hashtags disrupting the status quo or Blueprint underscore Swift. Join me Tuesdays at 7.30 for live chat on Twitter using the hashtag Swift underscore live chat. From all of us at the statewide field team, Here's to a great week of educating and supporting each child. The MyExcel Statewide Field Team is dedicated to providing local districts and the ISD ESAs who support them with the intense support needed to assist them in systemic reconfiguration for the sole purpose of saving the lives of Michigan's children. We are committed to this vision and will do whatever it takes to support district superintendents and their teams in this critical endeavor to educate all children and to demonstrate to others that public education is viable and is capable, if it chooses to, of successfully serving all children in a culturally proficient environment, regardless of who they are, how they identify themselves, where they come from, or what type of family support they have or do not have. The MyExcel statewide field team operates from the Calhoun Intermediate School District and is funded from federal Title I funds through a statewide competitive technical assistance grant from the Michigan Department of Education. Thus, these materials were produced with Title I Part A funds and are part of the public domain. The MyExcel statewide field team proudly recognizes its partners in this work, the Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, Eastern Upper Peninsula Intermediate School District, Gogebic-Ontonagan Intermediate School District, and MAISA. We are grateful for their willingness to share their expertise with us and with the entire state. The original music used in our podcasts and vlogs was composed and performed by Claire Castle. 
For more information about the statewide field team, the Blueprint for Systemic Reconfiguration, or to access Blueprint tools and resources, check out our website, www.myexcelresourcecenter.org. That's www.mixcelresourcecenter.org.